0: Hey everybody, and welcome to episode three hundred fifty of the JavaScript Jabber Show. This week on our panel we have AJ O'Neill, Yo Yo Yo, coming at you live from the bench. Aaron Frost, hello. Amy Knight,
1: hey hey from Nashville.
0: Christopher and hey it's Chris, the Vanilla JS guy. Back by popular demand, Tim Caswell. There are those
2: that call me Tim. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do something a little bit different this time and just kind of talk about the show and give everybody a chance to talk about what they've got going on, things like that. I know that things have shifted a little bit from when we last talked about it for several folks, uh, including Tim, AJ, Aaron, and Amy. So, you know, Amy's talked a little bit about it on the show. But yeah, let's, let's kind of dive in and give everybody a chance to just talk about what they're doing now, where, where you're working, what you're doing, you know, if you've moved, if you, you know, anything like that. Hey, folks, I just want to let you know quickly about Netlify. Netlify is a really cool system for hosting what are traditionally known as static sites. However, the real benefit that I've been finding is that I don't have to mess with the back end. I can just set things up. I build the website out. I've been using a system called DJS, and you just deploy it. And then anything that you have that you want to do, you can do on the front end. So if you want to pull in some kind of database with Firebase or something else, if you want to collect form data, Netlify provides all kinds of services that make it easy to do all that stuff. If you're trying to do serverless, they have a really, really neat serverless setup that will allow you to deploy your websites without having to deploy a backend and it'll do some of the work for you. I just, I just love it. So if you're looking for a way that you can actually deploy a website that only has front end technology in it, gives you all the tools that you typically need for the back end without having to actually program the back end, then give them a try. Go check them out at Netlify.com. Uh, Tim, we haven't heard from you in the longest, so why don't you start? Man, life's been
2: crazy. I don't even remember when I was last on the show.
0: I think you were working for Daply last time you were on the show. Yeah,
2: probably working with working with AJ. So yeah, so... I did a few contract jobs earlier this year, and then the summer I joined Magic Leap out in Florida, working on all sorts of top secret stuff.
0: Now, isn't Magic Leap the, I I seem to remember like a little device you'd put in front of your computer and you'd wave in
2: front of it or something? Or is that something else? Not Magic Leap, or not Magic, what's that thing called? Yeah, the names are too confusing. No, it's, uh, the closest product would be the HoloLens. It's these AR goggles you put on, project holograms. Nice. Yeah, they're they're based down in Southern Florida, not, not Silicon Valley which is interesting, but I still work remote from Texas. Are you still
0: doing JavaScript for them then? Or are you doing like uh, other stuff?
2: Yeah, JavaScript and a, and a lot more C++ than I would like. But oh, someone had to make me learn it. And I think you, you
0: also mentioned this.
2: You that's moved. What, <laughs> that's what they told you. Yeah. What's that? You will learn this. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, have, I have purposely not learned C++ for years. I even learned Rust first, which is an interesting perspective coming into C++. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, I recently moved my family to Austin for just, I don't know, just try something different. There's a lot more city opportunities here, a lot more homeschool groups, a lot more tech meetups. The country was great, but it gets lonely sometimes. That makes sense. I
0: just remember us talking about your farm lots. So, yeah,
2: that part was awesome. I did like the giant backyard. Do I
3: remember you had like um, outdoor plumbing or is that I'm making this up? <laughs> like on your farm, you had like outdoor
0: no, the bathrooms were indoors. Oh, hey, modern—that's good. He he would yo 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 coming at us live from the well house or something.
2: Oh yeah, the well house was my office till it got too noisy. So then I just like you know built a new one because there's no HOAs out there. It's great.
0: Uh, don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> so so yes, yeah, so you're working on top secret stuff at Magic Leap. You can't tell us anything.
2: Well, I can tell you what was announced at the last conference. So, you can you know, also tell us to check out the cool website. The website is cool. The front end devs do cool stuff. I think my public profile just says principal architect on runtime team or something like that. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Well, when you announce something fun that we can all go
2: play with, we'll have to have you back on. Yeah, it should be coming up fairly soon. The the announcement list was Q1. So q ones soon.
1: I'd be curious too, to hear about um, how it was learning Rust.
2: Yeah. Rust is, I like Rust. So I've done a lot of plain C, just C99 type stuff, low level interpreters. And as a language design nerd, I love all the choices that Rust made. The learning curve is very steep, but the community is very friendly. And so it just takes time. You got to be patient with yourself. As language. I like it. Yeah, I did a lot of Rust this spring when I was at Cubos working on satellite stuff. Rust and Lua of all combinations.
0: Satellite stuff. That sounds like fun too. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's hear where Aaron Frost or Frosty, what what are you up to? Because I know you've been on the show off and on, you know. Recently, but yeah, fill us in on where you're at. I have a new speaker bio I could share. I Go just it. wrote it this morning. It's kind of fun. It
3: says Frosty is as passionate about about coding as he is about tacos. Where some people see a new sunrise, he sees another opportunity to write code and eat good food. As one of the founders of Hero Devs, Frosty also runs a team of elite web developers who solve complex problems every day. In his off hours, he enjoys being a dad to his five best friends. And when he's really lucky, he heads to the mountains to enjoy some fishing. That's, that's, uh, that's it, dude. It's like all encapsulating. Four sentences. Got it all.
0: Good deal. Do you want to explain what Hero Devs is real quick?
3: Yeah. I've been leading teams of engineers at companies and um, building up you know, good patterns and practices for a while. I finally decided to go out and do that as like a consultant and just have a team of people that does what I've been doing for the last 10 years inside of companies. And so we build a lot of stuff and we work remote and have a lot of fun and we only hire expert level engineers. We don't really focus on, you know, the Miz or the juniors. And I know I'll take some heat for that, but it, it is what it is, you know? So that's what I'm doing. Good, And deal. it's a lot of fun. We have a, we're having a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a lot of growing, a lot of learning and flexing and bending. It's, it's been good. So before that, you were at Salt Stack, if I remember yeah. right. I was at the Salt Stack. In Utah, we put the before everything. So I was at the Salt Stack. <laughs> Not the Salt Mine. No, the Salt Stack. And then before that, I was at the Domo. Yeah. And so now I'm just at the Hero
0: Devs and, and the NGConf. Yeah. I think the last time we talked about it, you were at Domo. You came on a couple of times and mentioned you were at Salt Stack. But yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting to follow that progression as well. Yeah. It's um, been going good. So you still live in the same place and, you know, generally do most of the other.
3: Yeah. Indoor plumbing, you know, it's, uh, it's <laughs> kind of like standard stuff. So. So yeah, nothing exciting there. Um family, we grew by one this last year in case anyone anyone hasn't uh taken the steps necessary to stop growing by one accidentally. Now's a good day. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on with the Frost family.
0: Good deal. Yeah. So uh let let's have AJ go next. So what are you working on these days AJ cuz you know, you were at Dapley and then you kind of took some contracts and you're kind of doing your own thing and I'm not sure if everybody's quite followed what you've been up to.
4: Well, uh, so right now, my full time job is working at Big Squid up in Salt Lake. They are a company that takes spreadsheets and turns it into business actions, something like that. And I work primarily on the API team in Golang. So there will always be a special place in my heart for good old fashioned JavaScript. But I am also exploring other pastures. I've dabbled in in Rust a little bit. At least I I read the whole book and did the example chapters. And I really like Rust a lot. I, I uh, would actually be very interested if there was an opportunity for me to work in that more. For some of my personal projects, I'd like to use it. But some of the async APIs that would be particularly important to me are, are not... Uh, nailed down quite just yet so maybe within the next six months or hopefully sometime this year I'll I'll be able to, to use it in some of the personal projects I've I've wanted to um, also been developing in Go which I find to be an incredibly pragmatic language I just I love it so much because I agree with the choices of the authors of the language they reflect more often than not my own personal values simplicity standard way to do things, reducing the the number of potential ways to uh, go is just, it's very, very Pythonic. And although I'm, I think I don't like Python as much because it's just not performant, but that idea of there are people that are leaders that have reasoned things out and come to good conclusions that reject some ideas that are, are popular or, or faddish, they don't necessarily just jump on them. They are nice, benevolent dictators that I trust to do the right thing, and they seem to be doing it. So I'm very pleased in, in working with Go just because of that. It's so solid. I don't know how else to say it. And then in my own, you know, I, I do intend to go back to working on uh, a home server full time at, at some point in the future. But that's that's not where I'm at right now. And that is um, something I, I do work on in my my spare time. But uh, this this past month, actually, I've really just taken a break from it and relaxed. I kind of got burnt out with the whole history of of what's happened. And, you know, it's like you're running for a while and then you stop to catch your breath. Like I took a real vacation for the first time in years, like a month ago. And so I just kind of just been letting a lot of stuff settle and, and picking up actually electronics as a hobby to kind of, I don't know, be my, be my thing right now. While I get my, my home server mojo back. And also that'll lead me in that direction anyway, because one day I want to be able to at least know how someone designed Raspberry Pi and boards, little tiny home computer type boards like that anyway. So that's been really interesting to
0: learn. Awesome. Amy why don't you tell us what you've been uh, doing lately
1: yeah I don't remember the last time we did an episode like this has it been over a year
0: I think so I mean you've talked a little bit about your uh, job changes and stuff but
1: yeah I can expand on that so um, I was interviewing a little bit probably last fall at a couple different places and even the year prior I didn't really talk about it but was kind of exploring like maybe developer advocacy type stuff but for me where I'm at, I think I really want to continue focusing primarily on engineering. And uh, so I was kind of playing around with a couple of different yeah, advocacy paths. And, but then I knew someone who was working at NPM and had some kind of casual conversations with them. And it turned out that they were going to be hiring. And so I applied and lo and behold, somehow made it through. <laughs> Um, And I'm like thrilled there. So I started there the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, This I think Saturday was going to be like the 60 day mark if we include um, weekends. And I am just still on cloud nine. Absolutely loving it. The people there are amazing, um, learning an absolute ton. I had kind of, uh, you know, I started off my career doing full stack and then transitioned a little bit more to just front end. And I'd always wanted to get back into doing full stack. Um, and you know, using JavaScript on the server and just getting a little bit lower level there, and so I'm getting to do that and so I'm technically on the web team, but we have cross functional teams, and so I've been there for sixty days, and I think I did a couple like onboarding things on the website, but primarily, what I've been doing already is just like diving into like all the different services we have, and I love like getting to work on the cross functional teams and getting to do all that kind of stuff so uh still in Nashville, I don't know, I'm contemplating moving again I. I uh, We'll see. Like, my parents are pretty close by, and um, some people may know, like, my mom has had some health problems, and my they'd been caregivers for my grandmother for, like, three years, and she um, passed away uh, New Year's Day, actually. So, um, I mean, that's fine. She was 97. She lived a good life, but I was trying to help my parents out some with that. So now that that is gone, I think I have the freedom to move about a little bit more freely, although I have some really great friends here. So, I don't know. I'm giving myself to like summer to decide if I want to stay in Nashville or, or try some other places, but we'll see. Like life is good. I'm MPM uh, is seriously a dream job for me. I can't imagine like being happier anywhere else. So it's just like the perfect combination of people, technical challenges, everything for me.
0: That's always good to hear. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna throw it over to Joe next because uh, I think I saw an announcement for for what Joe's working on. So do you want to fill us in, Joe, on where you're at, and what you're working on these days?
5: Uh, Yeah, so I feel a bit like uh, Amy, like this year has been a crazy big year for me because I made a huge switch in my career on something that I've been working on for the last 12 months, which was to take over Thinkster.io and finally got that executed on December 19th of last year. So I'm now the CEO and president of Thinkster.io, which is an online learning company focused on web development thanks Aaron <laughs> Aaron knows the struggles because I was calling him basically every week as I was going through this process of all the crazy things that I had to go through and hoops that I had to jump through to try to make this happen and you know where it started and where it went originally I was just going to take a position but then I kind of wanted to be the you know be a take a bigger role and so it's just been a huge 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 journey for me and uh, but it was it's for me it's really not about just getting to be the CEO or the the president, for me, what it really was is it gives me this tool that I can do the things that I've been trying to do with the other online courses that I was doing for like PluralSight and the problems that I'm seeing with online education and wanting to address those and fix those. So that's really what I'm excited about. It's not so much that I have a, a cool title that pretty much anybody can have if you just buy a domain name and announce yourself as the CEO of whatever it is. <laughs> Thanks, but, Joe. I feel better about <laughs> myself now. See. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's not about being the CEO. What it is is about um having a a tool and a platform to do the things that I want to do, which is make changes to the way that online education is done. And so as uh, I get the plans that I've got put in place. So like if you're listening to this the day that it's it comes out, there's Thinkster.io is gonna be a place where you might go and you check out and find out that oh there's I got a few things on there and some of them are kind of out of date and there's uh, really hardly anything fresh. But if you listen to this podcast later on in 2019, Thinkster.io will be an entirely different place with a lot of fresh content, but also different kinds of tutorials than you'll find anywhere else. And tutorials that teach different things and, and basically more effective training and online learning than what is available anywhere else. And so I don't want to spend a bunch of time talking about that. But that's what I'm excited about is a platform to do the things that I want to do with online education. And that really does sum
0: up my year. Awesome. I, I love the, the sort of lofty vision thing. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit when it's my turn. But uh, Chris, why don't you fill us in on where you're at these days?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, um, it's been kind of an interesting or 2018 was kind of a crazy year for me. I am... Um, I made the switch from being kind of like a generalist web developer to specializing in vanilla JavaScript um, near the tail end of 2017. And somewhere near the start of 2019, decided to start blogging like every weekday instead of just once a week, which um, terrified the heck out of me. But a couple of folks that I'd been kind of talking to about growing my business, like really, really encouraged me to do it. And um, it has just been like this crazy transformative experience for me. Um, So Sales of my vanilla JavaScript educational projects um, or products doubled from like last year to, to now. Uh, it's just, it's amazing how, how much easier writing gets when you do it all the time. But like for me, the really crazy thing is like some folks who I've always looked up to in this industry, like Chris Coyer and Jeremy Keith, like folks like that. Like, you know, like, so basically like my idols, guys who helped kickstart my career like have started sharing my stuff and kind of this like oh you got you got to check this out kind of way um which is like like it, it shouldn't maybe be such a big deal cuz like at the end of the day we're all just people but you know of like super minor celebrity but um it's uh i don't know it's kind of like a like a mind blowing thing for me yeah so that's kind of been like a really big crazy thing for me i used to just write guides i started doing video stuff over the last year which has been really um super like, it's kind of been frustrating, but people really like video stuff. So I've been doing more of that. Um, and then just last week, actually, I launched this new, um, or learnvanillajs.com. So it's like a, a roadmap for folks who want to start learning this stuff for the first time. Um, it's got a bunch of different skills. You dig into any one and you'll get a list of like some projects you can do to kind of work on and, and kind of develop skills if you're new to this. And uh, yeah, just a lot of writing, as you would imagine. Um, when you write every weekday, it just, it
0: adds up. Nice, that's awesome. So I'm going to chime in here and, and talk a little bit about what I've been working on. And it was funny because uh, we did this for Ruby Rogues this morning for episode 400 of that show. And you know, a lot of a lot of my time has just been spent making sure that the podcasts are going out, that the the processes are solid, and that everything is working the way that it, it needs to. And then Eric uh, on that show, he asked me basically. You know, So what, what's your long-term vision for devchat.tv? What do you want to get out of it? And Joe and uh, Chris kind of talked their way around this a little bit where they have these ideas around, this is the kind of change that I want to make. And for me, a lot of the, the ideas and, and a lot of this solidified over the last year. You know, My dad passed away in April, and then um, it really got me thinking about what I wanted to accomplish And some of the things that I want to accomplish, you know, are are have more to do with just some of the things that I want to support out there in the world that have nothing to do with code. You know, I want to be able to give significant amounts of money to causes that fight human human trafficking. That's something that I've kind of learned a bit about, and I don't have any expertise in it, so I'm not going to start a show on it or anything. But it's it's something that I really want to, uh, you know, help support people who are working to end it and human trafficking and 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 the types of slavery and exploitation that that happen to people. But the other thing is, is that I also got a lot of clarity on devchat.tv and what I wanted from all the shows. And basically, and I I think I've talked about this to some degree on on some of the different shows, but there are a couple of different principles that are just really critically important to me. One of them is freedom. And a lot of people feel stuck where they're at you know, in their job or at the level that they're at with JavaScript or other things. And I really want to put content out there that's going to help people break through that and, and open themselves up to those opportunities that are out there. Because I feel like there's a lot of opportunity out there. And really, if, if we can give people a hand up and, and just, you know, hey, here's the opportunity out there for you, or, you know, help them realize that maybe there's some aspect of life that they're just not living that they want. And that doesn't necessarily have to be within the realm of code. I mean, for some people, if if they just want the lifestyle of I work nine to five and then I go surfing, great. And if it's the people that you know I want to contribute to open source in these ways, or you know, like Joe's talking about, I, I want to make a, a change in the way that people get educated, or you know, Chris talking about, you know, I, I want to give people opportunities to learn JavaScript and vanilla JavaScript better. You know, whatever those are, I want to basically give people the content that will help them empower them to get to that point. And so I've been really working hard, at least lately on um, hammering down the sort of routine parts of what we do so that we can focus on the content parts of what we do. It's getting the processes around recording and editing and show notes and publishing and all those things. By the end of February, my hope is, is that we'll have all of that. We have it mostly nailed down, it's just not all written out. And I'm hoping to get to the point where that all becomes so automatic that we're just not even thinking about it anymore. And what we're thinking about instead is you know, what, what can we put out there that's really going to impact people? So anyway, that, that's kind of the dream. I I've had a few people come to me and basically say, so are you looking for some kind of like financial exit or anything like that? And the answer to that is absolutely not. I, I really feel like this is an opportunity to make the kind of difference that I'm talking about. So yeah, long-term that's kind of what we're looking at and that's what I've been working on. So yeah, yeah that is awesome. Those are good causes. Yeah. Yeah, And AJ forgot to mention, I guess a big lifestyle change is coming his way.
4: Uh, yes, that's true. I am having a daughter.
1: Yay! Oh, hey, Yay. Awesome. Hmm.
4: So I'm gonna find
1: out all about being a real adult. I was <laughs> good for babies. Is your first book? Your life
0: <sighs> will change. I guarantee it. <laughs> that's what everyone
4: says. Yep. But that's coming up in May. Awesome. We just we just found out that she's a girl, which I'm yep. I'm glad because little boys are too. I mean, like, I have sharp objects in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Little
0: boys are just a different kind of fun.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I'd really enjoy a boy when they're like, you know, six plus. But I think having the first baby be a girl is like the right way to go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you don't always get to pick. My oldest is a boy, and I I can't imagine it being different. from when you've been on the show, what's been your favorite episode to record?
3: The one I liked the most was uh, the Ike, the Brendan Ike one, Yeah, where it was like two hours long. And and we were like, hey, uh, just so you know, we'll, we'll stop talking because we, we, we want to respect your time and we're way over. And he's like, I'm good. Let's keep going. And we're like, all right, let's, let's keep going. We went on for like two hours and we're just nerding out in like, behind the skeins of what's going on like in the early days
5: right so that that, that'd probably be my faves i think my favorite one was a a pretty close tie between the one aaron mentioned and then the one that we had dave herman on that was that was quite a Mm -hmm. while ago Uh, i was
1: actually gonna say that too i still really like that one and remember that one yeah
5: Yeah, my mind was so blown by him when we had him on but uh, i would probably be remiss if not stating my third or darn close t- three-way tie for first, which is the episode we had with uh, the StackBlitz guys about a year ago, since that's what kicked off my whole journey to purchasing and taking over Thinkster. So mm-hmm. it'd be silly if I didn't at least mention that.
6: I, uh, I really enjoyed chatting with the, uh, the Netlify team, um, in large part just because I've been nerding out over static site generators for a while now. And just having them on to talk about static site goodness was, uh, I don't know. It was like hanging out with friends and just nerding out over tech, which I guess is every episode of JavaScript. JavaScript. <laughs> this one was near and dear to my heart. Right.
0: Yeah. It's funny because two things came out of that. One is, is I've been working on converting devchat.tv over to Eleven D, And the other thing that came out of that is that they actually signed on as a sponsor in February. Oh, nice. So, yeah. It's awesome. Hey, can I jump back in again?
5: Yeah. I want to talk about another favorite episode. I So, Mike Hogging. But I think this, this one's pretty interesting because we're kind of going back to talking about life and its journeys, right? So back a year ago, when we had the StackBlitz guys on, I didn't really know them. They were on an episode. I ended up striking up a conversation with them. And that led to me being able to take over as think- CEO of thinkster.io. I can't remember how many years ago it was. We had another episode where we had the Angular team on back in like 2011, 2012, somewhere in there way long ago. Mm-hmm. Was one of our you know first fifty or eighty episodes, and I ended up striking up a conversation with them, and ultimately applied to join the Angular team and went through. I went and interviewed twice over at Google, and is a very big contrast to how things worked out with Thinkster. That didn't work out at all for me. I applied twice and was not high. I was rejected both times, rejected hard by Google. Right, but still, it was a super awesome experience, and I learned a ton from it. Uh, I had an opportunity to study a ton when that came up. There were still a bunch of really big benefits that came out of my life just from trying, you know, and taking a swing, even though I didn't connect and didn't score the home run, I thought I would score, but a bunch of really positive things came into my life just from taking that leap and and trying something based on a, a just a wild opportunity that came my way. But in both cases, it came down to, I had an opportunity. I was, in, you know, next to somebody who I admired and I just struck up a conversation and said, hey, what about this or what about that? And they led to two huge and amazing things in my life. So, well, one of them led to a huge, amazing thing. The other one led to a bunch of other amazing things that wasn't what I thought it would lead to when I said, hey, are you guys looking for more members for your Angular team? And I'd love to hire on. And that just didn't pan out. But uh, I don't know. For me, it was always, I always love seeing how there's so many opportunities in life. If you just look, keep your eyes out for them, look for them and then, you know, strike up conversations with people.
1: Can I add something to that? Do it, Go. I was going to say too, um, one thing I've realized, like not just in in my career, but in life in general, as I've gotten older, is that it's hard to make really long-term goals. And I may or may not have talked about this on episodes in the past, but I'm really big on making like one month goals, or even like one week goals or six month goals, because there's so much outside of your control to make like 10 year goals, 20 year goals, stuff like that. So uh, as we're talking about like striking out conversations. And I would say like, definitely do that and try not to uh, be a little bit open-minded about what your path may look like, because sometimes things are going to twist and turn in ways that you don't necessarily anticipate. So I don't know, my my philosophical life advice for people.
5: So I want to riff off of that. I read something somewhere, was, I think it was about business plans, but basically a similar principle, which is the benefit isn't necessarily of laying down the plan and then trying to follow it or, or having a plan and then trying to follow that plan. So we talk about like long-term goals. Oftentimes the benefit is in the exercise of laying out the plan, mm-hmm. right? And that's where the benefit comes and not necessarily in just sticking to that one plan once you sit down and lay it out.
1: Okay, but can I now say my favorite episode? Do it. That I've butted in, 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 into Joe's stuff. So it was like, I don't know, summer of last year when we talked to Nicholas Zakis. Uh And that is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite episodes, not just because, you know, I look up to him as an engineer. And obviously, like so many of us use ESLint and I love, like his book was one of the very first books I learned or one of the very first books I read when I was learning JavaScript. But man, his journey just as a person and his sickness and i don't know just like how mentally strong you have to be to oh my
5: gosh, so true, Amy, so true
1: to keep going and not give up and keep like a, a good mindset and you know all the things that can probably creep into your mind, like why me and and all those kinds of things, like man I just I admire him on so many levels, so it was amazing for me to talk to him, and then of course, I always everybody knows i'm like a huge fan of Kyle Simpson, so any any episode that we have with him on great. Those are going to be my favorites.
6: I'm actually kind of bummed I haven't been on an episode with Kyle. <laughs>
1: uh, I have <laughs> had
0: him on so many things. Twice, I think. We'll put links to the, all these yeah, episodes. We might have had him on
1: like two or three times now. Yeah. At, least tw- at least twice, I know.
0: Yeah, but he's always fascinating to talk to. And, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy in general about the show is that you know, all of us as panelists and then also our guests, you know, we, we get people on that we don't always agree 100% with on everything. And at the same time, we also get the opportunity then to sit down and think about, okay, why would they think that? Why would they get to that? You know, how do they get to that point mentally and and really kind of challenge my own beliefs? I really, really like that. The other one is, is you know, there was another episode. I wasn't actually on this one, but it was the, it's supposed to hurt, get outside of your comfort zone. Um, and just just the ideas, you know, again, with Nicholas Zakis, you know, uh, with his episode and then, you know, having Chris Beekler on. Just talking about it and going, okay, you know, how do I take control of my situation? And realizing that the only person, or I guess the person who can most, has the most control over my situation is me. And even if your situation is hard, even if there are reasons why, you, you know, you're disadvantaged uh, compared to other people, ultimately the only person that can make the big changes in your situation is you. And, you know, just having those conversations or talking about how to communicate as teams or talking about how to, you know all of these things that we deal with that don't really have anything to do with javascript or the the technology and have more to do with hey let's be better people let's be better teams let's communicate better as people let's make a difference you know for ourselves and for other people and i feel like we've gotten you know over the years hosts that that feel that way about a lot of these things and so yeah we talk a lot about the technology but it's these other areas that really you know pay off for people as well where they realize You know what? My problem isn't that I don't know JavaScript well enough. It's that I don't communicate well enough with my team. Agreed. How about you, Tim? Any standouts for you?
2: Uh, I haven't been on as many. I think you guys already mentioned all my favorites. I mean, I guess one of the ones where I was a guest back when I was doing the the JS Git stuff, that was really fun to be invited on the show.
3: I was going to say that one is like another one is when Tim came on (laughs) and did JS Git. that was super (laughs)
2: cool. That was... I mean, that, that project didn't pan out as I had intended because, you know, developers and estimates and we're not always so good at that <laughs> stuff. But ever since then, like every time I'm architecting a system, I'm like, what if the core was content addressable data, just like Git? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I have been forever tainted.
0: Well, the, the thing for me out of that episode was just go do something that sounds completely and utterly insane,
2: right? Right. And, and that's always my goal is to inspire people to do things that they're timid about. I mean, at, at one point, as I've had more kids, I've done less public speaking. You just can't do both. It doesn't work. But back when I just had a few kids in the early note days, I'd go speak at a conference every month in a different country. And I gotten this reputation for being the crazy guy. And then one time I overdid it. This conference in Paris says, hey, we want you to come give a talk. We know it'll be interesting. And I don't remember if we talked about that one here. But um, yeah, I overdid that one a little <laughs> I definitely painted myself in a corner like super ambitious talk and barely pulled it off but hopefully it inspired some people I mean that was the goal
0: Yep. anyone else have episodes they want to mention before we
4: so we do this about once a year about every 50 episodes we we do this recap thing so if you want to hear about it you can scroll back a little and, and you can see the more in depth or just go check it out so I'm not I'm going to go into depth but Obviously, the Brendan Eich episode was awesome. And I really loved the V8 episode with Lars and Casper.
0: Mm, that was really early.
4: Yeah. And just because it was so much in-depth. It was just so, like, I love the how and why. I love, love, love the how and why. And so the how and why episodes are awesome. If I'm picking within the past year, though, I would say that one is... Well, I just love the effects of having Chris come on as a guest and then having him on the show. So that was like kind of pivotal in a way, because I like what he's brought to the table and the people that he's invited. And, you know, we have similar ways of thinking on many things. And so like, that's just been really nice for me. And I think that it's, I hope for the listeners as well.
6: (laughs) I should have mentioned that one, too. It was kind of, a big, kind of a big deal for me this year. You know, AJ, Chuck, thank you guys both so much for uh, this insane opportunity.
4: Oh, it's been so great to have you on. I mean, you, I, I really appreciate your thoughtful questions and your...
6: Uh... Oh, AJ, you just like having someone to back you up.
4: It's, but, it's,
6: <laughs> but, but we don't agree on
4: everything. Nice. But yeah, I, but I... I whatever. Who okay. cares? <laughs> And then um, I also did like the Jamstack episode quite a bit. And then th- there was one that stuck out to me that we did on React. We, we got really divergent. It was supposed to be, I think, I forget the name of the, the title, but it was something React. But we ended up diverging and talking about Angular and talking about Vue and talking about probably React Native or something. I just remember we covered a lot of topics and it was really covered a lot of ground, and I really did like that episode as well. Those are the things that stick out in my mind for the past year.
0: Well, and and to the point that Chris was making and, you know, AJ made to a certain degree, we have awesome hosts on these shows. You know, everybody takes time out. I, I know that you guys enjoy it or you probably wouldn't do it. But at the same time, I mean, it is an hour or so out of everybody's week, you know, and if you spend any time prepping, it's a little bit more. And we're all busy people. And so you know, I just want to shout out to the the host as well, because I mean, you make the show, and we have great conversations about this stuff, and you know, it does take time, it's not free. So, yeah, just kudos to all of you guys as well. I remember one show where um, I thought I was going we were
3: going to get a fight, and uh, so like, <laughs> I was new, and people were like, "Hey, uh, so one of the most notorious fighters." on the javascript community is coming on to fight with you today i'm like oh cool who is it it's uh yehuda yehuda's coming on I'm like oh cool we're gonna get a fight on a podcast this would be awesome uh <laughs> no but uh and then i i get on and i'm like wait a minute could it be and Yehuda's like one of the nicest people he is like, like ever and you're like what's happening right now we're not even fighting i like start folding my razor blades back
1: into the <laughs> stuff
3: and <laughs> and we just have like a good conversation. And, and so I, I really liked getting to know Yehuda on the podcast as well.
1: I love yeah. the heart that he, and it sounds like his wife and that whole team there has for like newer developers. Pretty awesome. Team. Yeah,
3: he's, yep. he's great. It, it took me a second to meet him and he, he was
0: quite a bit different than what I expected. I'll just say that. I had bad well, expectations. Yehuda's kind of a funny person because he's, he's very particular about some things. And I've known him for a long time because before he was doing Ember and JavaScript, he was really in the good community, yeah. um, you know, built and maintained Merb and then merged that into Rails. But yeah, you know, and when he gets up and speaks, he's also very deliberate about what he presents and presents it in a very opinionated way, I guess. he He's very direct about the way that he talks about it. But yeah, you go and strike up a conversation with him and he's very approachable. But he doesn't always come across that way when he's presenting information, which is I think where people kind of feel that disconnect where it's like, you know what, we're heading for a confrontation. And in reality, he just wants to explore your thought process about the things he's thinking about and vice versa. So one last question before we uh, head into picks. Uh And this, is, this was something that was brought up on Ruby Rogues for 400, but I thought it was really interesting how people answered it. So I'm just going to ask it. What do you all do to basically unwind? So when you're not coding... You know, what, what is it that helps you kind of decompress a little bit?
1: Oh, I like this question. Can I go? Go. I work out a lot.
0: <laughs> I've, been work-
1: I've been working out like crazy lately and I'm very excited about it. So I've always been like, you know, figure skater for my whole life. And then I picked up running and I still do running. Like I run six and a half miles every day, day in, day out. doesn't matter what the weather is. I'll be out there running. And then like last year I did a little bit of CrossFit, but CrossFit plus running was too much cardio. So now I've just been like lifting and I work from home now at MPM. And I know like the job I had prior was in an office and I didn't quite have the energy to go to the gym at the end of the day. So I was waking up at like four and trying to lift and then go run. And that was just like, that was hard. So I've been like, I have been lifting like crazy at night. I hired a coach. And so I'm like getting super strong and very, I don't know, like people, I get very excited about it. And that excitement is like my rest. Anyways, yeah, super excited about that.
0: <laughs> don't tingle with Amy. She will own you.
1: <laughs> I am so happy. Like I bought lifting shoes and I am, uh, the lifting shoes are not cheap. At least like I'm pretty uh, thrifty and I don't spend a whole lot on things. And the shoes are like $200. So that's a lot of money for me to spend on a pair of shoes but they've made such a difference and I'm like feeling very strong and loving my time at the gym every night. Like I get there for like five 30 and I don't leave some nights till like eight 30. I mean, half the time I'm just wow. chatting with people and, and I'm not necessarily working out the whole time, but sometimes too, like I've been trying to max out on things. And when you max out, you have to rest a lot longer in between to let your body recoup. So it's been a lot of time at the gym and I'm loving it.
4: Cool.
3: So, uh, in a bit, It's way different like when i anymore when i need to relax like um having a hard time doing it like oh you know i'll I'll, I'll close up the code editor and then you know i'll turn on the news and and i'll try and like not get depressed based off (laughs) of everything that's in the current news cycle when that's done or i'm done with that i'll i'll open up my stock portfolio and Try not to get depressed because the stock market is freaking out. And then when that's not done, I'll look at the futures on real estate and I'll just get even sadder. And then I'll maybe I'll go jump on Twitter and I'll try and... Um,
6: Always an you know, uplifting experience.
3: Be in, I'll try and be embarrassed <laughs> for my nationality for a couple hours on Twitter. And then when I'm done being embarrassed for my nationality, I'll, I'll read some, you know, women in tech articles and I'll be embarrassed for my gender and like... It's just I don't know. There's a lot of crazy, and then yeah, five kids on top of that, nonstop work, and so I mean I don't know. There's it's uh, to say that I relaxes would be disingenuous, but uh, sometimes I'll um, I'll like have a tootsie pop, and so I guess I guess that's kind of I guess that would like be the pinnacle of sometimes like a, what a day looks like for me because the dumpster's on fire. And some of us are just like trying to roast marshmallows around it. It feels like sometimes. So anyway, sorry, that was way opposite the Amy. And I'm sorry for bringing it down. But that's that's
0: what reality feels like to me sometimes.
4: <laughs> I'm going to bring it right back up, Aaron. So all, right, you all, right. Right, all
0: right. All right. All right. Good. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You didn't actually answer the question. So there are all those things, right, that, that can get you down. I, I think, you, you know, you made the case. And for some of us, we're going to pick different things. But ultimately, yeah, you know, there's plenty out there. But, but when you really need the downtime, you know, when you, really, when you really do get that chance to decompress, what are you doing? I mean, you mentioned fishing in your mm. speaker bio. Is that it? Or are you reading books or are you doing other things? Yeah, so this year my
3: relationship with food changed. So my main answer would be eat, but uh, I've stopped eating as much this year. Like, uh, so I'm down 74 pounds. So I don't just eat when I'm stressed. That's Which awesome. That-
1: Congratulations.
3: Thanks. That would have been my go-to answer. Like, Oh, something's going wrong. Eat. Right. I think most people can agree with that. It's just some of us genetically that doesn't work out very well. You have to eat the
1: right things in the right quantity.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Amy, I will say a sedentary lifestyle and a slowing metabolism. Like, I don't know, I don't know if you were always like this frosty, but like, I, I used to be able to eat anything I want and I wouldn't put on a pound and then 30 happened. Now I'm just like
3: (laughs) just growing. Yeah. Yeah. You just made a fact on this podcast, and it's true. Every
6: I mean, now and then like, it happens. This would be my first one. So I'm excited. I need a,
4: a puberty book, like a post-puberty book for us people. So we know, like, oh, yeah, at 25, you you break a bone, it's going to be swollen for the rest of your life. At 30, like, sugar makes you fat.
3: Yeah, like, instead of clear cell, you need blood pressure medication. Uh, and instead of, like, all these other things you need as a teenager, you need something else for adult, right? I'm turning
0: 40 this year. Shut up, guys.
3: I'm turning 42, man. 40, I mean, 40 as well.
6: Damn, Charles, you're young looking 40, man.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I've lost—I've lost 30, I've lost 35 pounds over the last six months, too. It's that crisp mountain air down in Utah, huh? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, uh, so, so, Tim, since you're not chasing yeah. goats anymore, what do you do to decompress?
2: Well, um, one of the things I do love about the new neighborhood is I have a neighborhood with, you know, like roads and sidewalks and houses. And so I just, I go out and actually walk the neighborhood and see the neighbors. And it's really nice. Like I, I hate walking, like walking as an exercise and me are not friends. I had asthma as a kid and it was not a good combo. Back when I did work out, I was a swimmer. Like I would swim five miles a day, lift weights for two hours. And, and I was huge, tons of muscle. And then, and then, you know, office job. But yeah, I actually enjoy walking again in the new neighborhood. And I kind of have to, because my mailbox is a cluster box across the neighborhood. So every day I have to at least go there. Come on, Tim. Before you, you, you had a farm. You had to walk to. Get oh things. yeah, the exercise. The exercise. Yeah, but he had to walk. Yeah, and uh, also it's a two story house, the new one, and the kids are upstairs. So like, I got a, I got one of the new fancy Fitbit things, and I burn like five thousand calories a day just living, not working out. I was like trying to do some time tracking the other day, and I realized that. Just taking care of the kids and the chores and putting them to bed. I don't know why bedtime takes five hours, but it's like that's like a second full time job. It defies space time, right? Bedtime. <laughs> like we have to keep it's qu- yeah. it's
3: a, it's a quantum part of life that's inexplicable. Yeah, I get it. Like it
2: doesn't matter how early you start bedtime. Like we'll start bedtime. All right, six thirty. Kids, start getting ready for bed. And then it's like eleven thirty, and they're still up. And I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then I mean, twelve thirty one, and I woke up with growing pains, and I'm like, stop <laughs> it.
3: And it's only been six hours, but you, you literally feel like you've changed jobs four times. Like, right.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I got, I got the metrics. I get a lot of steps, a lot of miles, a lot of floors going up and down from top floor to bottom floor.
0: Yeah. I must be meaner than you guys because when my kids go to bed, they stay in bed. Yeah. I'm just scary, I guess.
2: I don't know. I think I think we can all agree with
0: that. You're pretty scary.
2: <laughs> I, I try not to be scary. I, I once I used to have a temper when I was younger, but then my brother ended up with a spade shell in his forehead, so I decided that tempers were things that should be controlled, which is good because I turned out to be a pretty big person. I still build things for fun. I drew up blueprints for one of my kids. We're going to make her a bed with like these shelves underneath and stuff. And oh, cool. as soon as I get the budget to buy the wood, I'm going to build a bed. it will be fun.
0: Nice. That's always fun me, relaxing too. I used to like to read to relax, like like really uh, formulaic
6: fiction. We ditched cable a couple of years ago, and uh, I resisted Netflix for a long time. But like, once we got it, which is bad news. Like, I I binge on TV in a way that I didn't <laughs> when I had cable because like like you know Hulu will do a lot of reruns of stuff that's on TV, and you got to watch like episode by episode. But like, when they drop originals or when Netflix drops an original, like I'm just like you know like whole season in a week, just done. And uh, as a result, I'm probably not getting as much sleep as I should either. But hey, I mean, uh, anyone judging Chris right now, you don't know what it's like. <laughs> don't judge Chris. That's honestly, <laughs> between, between that and the eating, I think, uh, I think my weight problems are probably. <laughs> don't judge Chris. Come on, it's a clear. Hey, who's judging me? No, I'm, I'm picturing the people at home, Aaron, being like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. There's some, there, there's always
0: one, bud. there's always one. Yeah, good stuff on Netflix and good stuff in the fridge. they will get you. So I second reading. I don't really
4: relax so much as burnout. And then I'm incapable of getting productive work done. And so I'm forced to find a hobby for like a week or two. And so I find reading is really great. I'm a big fan of science fiction and fantasy, so things like the Thron Star Wars trilogy was really great one of those times. Mistborn I red with my wife, but that would have been that type of thing as well. And I really love enjoying a good video game. So Zelda is my go-to, and I do find it really relaxing and enjoyable to just Play through a nice game with a good story, or if you're just talking like the 10 minute break type stuff, Mario Kart,
2: love it. Is this the same Zelda you played like the whole drive to camping when we went camping together in Oklahoma?
4: No, no. Although, okay. see that one, there's no way to finish it.
2: It is too oh, okay. hard. So, there's other Zeldas. Got it. I I
4: <laughs> recently I replayed. Link to the Past, which is a completable game. It is possible to get all of the things within a reasonable time frame. Breath of the Wild is not possible to complete. You can beat it, but you cannot visit everything and do every quest. Like, an adult person, I don't see how they could possibly do that. I don't know how a child could do it. It's too big. Nice. Um, and And just learning stuff. I I, I actually find it really find it really relaxing to solve little brain teasers and programming like crossword puzzle type of brain teaser programming problems and then learning new things like i picked up a physics book this week and realized that i have this lost love of science and physics that i've been consumed by software for so many years i forgot how much i love the other of the sciences and uh i find it really enjoyable just to just to read and learn
0: yeah, so I'm gonna back into some of what you said, AJ. Because you know, again, the books. I tend to, especially when I'm traveling, I really like to just get away. And uh, when I get away, I tend to listen to fiction. Uh, usually, it's a sci-fi or fantasy, but I listen to it. I don't actually read it. And uh, yeah, it just kind of takes my mind away and and lets me recover that way. Um, and then the other thing is learning things. So my Audible account is probably. Uh, like 30% that kind of fiction. And then the other half is business related books or uh, lifestyle related books, um, you know, health related books, things like that. And and yeah, again, just picking up those things and just kind of following along in my head. I really, really enjoy that. So, you know, for me, it's reading, but it's not reading because I'm not actually reading. I'm listening, but it, it really does help me decompress as well. Joe, what do you do to decompress? Well,
5: since I pick these things all the time, I don't think this will come as any shock to somebody who listens, but board games and role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons is probably my, it's probably my favorite way to relax right now because it scratches that like adventure itch that I have in my life of doing something fun and adventurous, but I don't know, like in the storytelling way, but it also scratches the social itch because I get to play with a bunch of friends and we spend probably at least 50% of the time just chatting and not actually playing the game it's a very social activity and, you know, as humans, we are hardwired to connect. So that's really nice to, to do that. But I do also like board games this last weekend. My, we took our family down to one of the national parks in Utah and played board games for three straight days at a convention, a board game convention. And that was super fun. And I like doing that at home with my wife when we got time. But recently I picked up a new hobby, try to try to be a little bit more artistic. So I picked up the ho- a hobby of painting miniatures. So I'm still keeping it in the extremely geeky realm. Got to keep it all. <laughs> I'm not going to be, I can't just do like regular art. It's got to be geeky art. How can I do geeky art? And I think painting miniatures fits that. So right now there's Star Wars miniatures I've been painting, but learning how to paint, like I had no idea how in depth and detail there is and so much, so many mechanics to it and science to it and uh techniques that are far beyond just get some paint on your paintbrush and put it in the right spot. There's just a, a ton more to it. So but I, I'm really enjoying that. I do that whenever I can. And those are I, I do like video games a lot, but I find lately I've spent a lot less time playing video games and I spend more time doing uh these sorts of activities. Those are probably my my favorite ways to relax.
0: Yeah, the board games and the uh, role play games are also a big thing for me. I have a group of guys that I get together with every month and we play board games and sometimes you do it twice a month if somebody wants to host it a second night during the month, but yeah, same kind of thing. And then I play D and D with my brothers and sisters. I have a conflict with Joe's D and D night. Otherwise I'd be there too, but yeah, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's, again, it's just, you get to go, you get to go be yourself, you know, cause I'm, I feel like I'm my, I'm myself on the shows, but I don't, you know, we, we kind of try not to go too far afield. And so I don't always get to, you know, dig into all the stuff that I'm doing and interested in at the, at the moment. And that's what the other, yeah, the other stuff helps with. So, yeah.
2: I think all right. the role-playing games are making a comeback. I saw a D&D starter kit at Target the other day in the game section.
5: Yeah, the D&D sales are significantly higher than they've ever been in history. This current version is by far their bestseller. They're selling more than they ever have in the past. So, and we're seeing a lot in pop culture
3: I've done I've done a lot of books in the last like four or five years, and I've only been playing D and D for like last year, maybe a little bit longer. And as I re-listened to books and movies and stuff, I mean, I had no idea so many things. Just oh yeah, straight mm-hmm. over my head. And now I listen to them like legit. This is a reprint, or I totally missed that. Like they either re-recorded this audio book, or I totally didn't even understand that. That's what was happening. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, D and D's. Uh, indie people should play it. it is a lot of fun and it's got so many connections to so much stuff it's
0: really kind of weird it's funny how many authors of especially fantasy they essentially start their world building off of more or less what amounts to a starter kit for D, and then they tweak the things to make it work for their story
5: right i also think there's an interesting thing going on where people are really tired of everybody having their nose in their phones especially parents with kids so I think if you're, when your kids start getting into real actual role-playing game with their friends, where they're actually gathered around and interacting directly face-to-face with their friends, parents are happy, where back in the 90s or 80s, what they wanted was their kids to go outside and play, but now they're just happy to get their kids to get their phone, nose out of their phones. And, and, and as adults, I think we're also recognizing that same thing. Like We can easily lead very isolated lives, so when we start looking on how to de-isolate You know, role-playing games tends to be one of the ways that people look for a way to connect and and socialize again.
0: Yeah, well, and I think people are also looking for something genuine. Frosty kind of laid it all out, right? It's, you know, I I watch TV. Well, that's all fake. And then I go watch the news and it turns out that um, everybody has a slant. So I'm only getting part of the story. And then, you know, all the people who are talking about it are trying to look good. And, you know, so you kind of work your way down the list. And so having that real human interaction where it's like, hey, we can sit, aunt, sit and BS and talk about kids and our wives and our, you know, our lives and the issues we had with the HOA and what, what have you, right? And, and, and have a real conversation with people about real stuff. And I think people really crave that and, and don't realize that they're missing it with all the other things they try and fill it in with.
2: Yeah, we don't, we don't do D&D here, I don't think. But uh, something we've done a lot in the new house is just invite families over, especially any family we can find that has lots of kids. And then like my wife will be talking to the mom and, and it's fun having all the people over. That was one of the things I missed in the country is there's not a lot of people around. But if you're in a more urban setting, there's lots of people, lots of friends.
0: Nice. Yeah, I get it. Hey guys, let me tell you about Clubhouse. I swear I've used every project management software there is out there. And I hated project management software. Now I have Clubhouse. Overall, it's simple and straightforward to use, but it has enough of the integrations and power features you need to get the job done without getting confusing. This means that I can use it and the non-technical members of my team can figure out what they need from it. It also makes it easy for me to zoom out and see what's going on overall before zooming back in and specifying more work that needs to be done or picking the next task for me to tackle. They integrate with all the systems that you'd expect and have a REST API for, well, the REST. If you go to HTTPS clubhouse.io slash JSJabber, you can get two months free instead of the standard 14-day trial for any team size. Once again, that's https clubhouse.io slash jsjabber. All right, well, let's do some picks. Uh, Chris, do you want to start us off with picks?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Just, um, just one for me this week. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I just launched this new um, Vanilla JavaScript learning roadmap over at learnvanillajs.com. So if you were uh, so inclined to learn uh, not just vanilla JavaScript, but if you just kind of wanted to get into JavaScript in the first place, if you're newish to this, um, kind of like a newer listener to the show, um, or you want to move from that kind of beginner to intermediate slash advanced level, um, you may find it useful. So uh, go ahead and check that out. Learn Nice.
0: Amy, what are your picks?
1: I have one that I thought was pretty good. Like I realized I was remote at Warner Brothers and then the last job I had, I was in an office all the time. And now when I'm at NPM again, I am remote again. And the flexibility of schedule, I really, really, really like. Um, As long as my schedule is consistent, they're usually pretty good about it. And so this is something, it was in the the New York Times and just about Um, how more and more companies are allowing people to kind of create their own schedules based on, you know, some people are morning people, some people are night owls. And, you know, I turned down one job while I was kind of exploring different options purely because they were really, really, really strict on the hours that people had to work. And I just knew that those hours weren't going to allow me to do my best work. So I just share stuff like this because I think the more people that can probably have a little bit more flexible mindset with this kind of thing, the more helpful it's going to be for our industry. So
6: imagine creating or treating adults like adults. It's kind of a
1: weird Yeah, That too. too. So that's going to be it for me. Like
6: if you ever went to college, this was just how you worked. You went to class when you had them, maybe. And then you got your stuff done. But like you get to the working world and it's like, if you're not present between these
2: hours, like, no, this is awesome stuff.
0: Cool, cool. Tim, do you have some picks for us?
2: Sure. Um, all right. Well, well, since everyone was interested in the website, I guess one pick will just be the Magic Leap where I've been working. It's a really interesting product, a lot of, lot of cutting edge tech. Like I can't believe the amount of new technology, both hardware and software. And it's very challenging, very challenging job, but a lot of cool stuff comes out of it. Another one, one, one I don't read many books, but one book I really enjoyed recently was one put out by my church called Saints, which some of you may have seen and it's like a, an early history of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints in the 1800s. But unlike most stuff that's been published, it doesn't, it's not just the happy bits. Like it's all the scary stuff. And I really enjoyed it. The, 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 the historians who went through it did a very good job making it as factually accurate as they could while still being engaging. And then one more, I'm just going to give a URL because the rest of it is upcoming, a personal project I'm working on. My wife came up with the name. It's going to be Text on a screen dot Rocks. So hopefully by the time this show goes out, I can at least have like a, a sign-up form if people are interested. More on that later.
0: Cool. Joe, do you have some picks for us?
5: Yeah, I'll just go with one pick. Uh, since I play, spent the weekend playing board games, I'll pick uh, one of the board games that I played that I thought had, had a really good time with and thought was really awesome, which is Azul Stained Glass. And it's Azul like the uh, word for blue, A-Z-U-L. Stained glass. So, if you're looking for a really fun, it's kind of abstract. So, it's not um, overly like uh, complex, really. There's a fair amount of strategy to it, but it's pretty simple to learn. So, if you're looking for a straightforward but really fun and engaging board game, check that out Azul Stained Glass. Cool. Frosty, what are your picks? I'm going to throw out a couple picks this week. First pick, it's uh,
3: I have an insane amount of respect and admiration for this person. Her name is Chloe Condon. She's uh, one of the biggest personalities I follow on Twitter, and it's outrageous. She only has like twenty thousand followers, but she's such just she's a giant persona, and I love. I mean, everything that she she's commenting on, and she's fantastic. So I'm picking Chloe Condon. How she handles and defuses insane scenarios. I'm a big fan of Chloe, so I'm picking Chloe and. um I have never had a um, a Kickstarter that was over three hundred dollars actually send me the product I paid for, so uh, I got I'm shooting low. But uh, there's this new Indiegogo called Smart Powered Watch uh, Matrix Power Watch Two. It's a smartwatch that is uh, powered by your body heat, so you don't ever have to charge it, which is nice because. That's usually where my smart my smartwatch usually usage breaks down is when I take it off to plug it in and then I never put it back on or my cable's gone or I mean, you know, you know. I'm speaking you guys all know what that's like. And so power watch to it's new, it's powered by your body temperature. I'm excited about it. Those are my two picks.
0: Nice. AJ, what are your picks?
4: Uh well, I think the most important thing is by far this magnetic hourglass that I found, it was actually saw it at a friend's house. They told me to go get it at Hobby Lobby. And I did for like six bucks plus tax, super excited about it. Best desk toy ever. And if you get it on Amazon, it's a little bit more expensive. But then again, everything on Amazon's a little bit more expensive these days. Also still going to pick just electronics as a broad topic and specifically so, like, we don't have Radio Shack anymore. Like, you can't just go down and pick up a variety resistor pack. So, there's the website I mentioned last time, banggood.com. I still haven't got the stuff from them yet. It turns out by ships within 7 to 10 days, I think what they meant was we ship it within 7 to 10, 10 days. Because <laughs> I'm still not going to get it for, like, another week or two. I looked up the tracking numbers. Anyway, uh, locally... Digikey and Mauser are the two companies that like everybody buys all their stuff from for manufacturing and and hobby projects as well and Digikey has slightly lower pricing on low volumes because of the shipping cost, but Mauser has lower prices if you're ordering enough stuff to offset the like extra three dollars of shipping cost. But we're talking about things like resistors uh little amplifiers. Uh, like I bought some stuff to be able to RGB mod my in Nintendo 64. I have a feeling that's not going to work at all, but I probably won't break it. But I'm probably not going to get the results that I that I want. But I'm I'm trying to do some game mods, uh, fix a broken 3DS, and and um, convert my my Nintendo 64 to output higher quality video that it actually has on the chip, but it doesn't have the wires and the little amplifier to extend out the back end so that you could get RGB from it. Anyway. So DigiKey, I guess, is like actually what I'm picking because I was able to go there, find these weird little connectors that are on the 3DS that are broken that I need to fix. And all the different values of any component you could imagine are pretty much there. The only things you can't get there are the things that you get on Alibaba because they're like Chinese specific parts when you go to mass manufacture and you, the Chinese people redesign your stuff with their parts to make it lowest cost possible. Anyway, blah, blah, blah.
0: Nice. I'm going to throw out a couple of picks. Joe, I, I love it when he picks board games because I'm like, I got to go check that one out. Um, so one game that I got my wife for Christmas that we've been enjoying is called Villainous. And it's a board game. It's a Disney board game, but it's definitely for adults. It's a little bit too complex for kids. And basically the idea behind the game is you're playing one of the villains. So you know, Ursula, Captain Hook, Queen of Hearts, Jafar. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to essentially rewrite the story so that you win. You know, you have an outcome that you're working towards. So, you know, Ursula, she's trying to get the, the crown and the trident to her lair or something like that. I'm trying to remember exactly how it works. Uh, the Queen of Hearts, you're trying to get cards to convert to wickets and then hit a shot through the wickets. It's card game where you kind of build your, you build up your board and that's how you win. But you can also pull out fate cards on your opponents because the first one to complete their win condition wins. So you pull out fate cards and you can put like heroes that your opponent, the other villains have to defeat, right? So if they're playing Captain Hook, for example, then you might pull out uh, Wendy or Peter Pan or, you know, one of the heroes and they have to defeat the hero or it may have some effect on their board that, you know, they have to overcome in order to get their win condition. And it's, it's way fun. So I'm going to pick that. And uh, yeah, the other thing I'm going to shout out about, and this is something more along the lines of what I talked about trying to accomplish with devchat.tv. I did start a show. I've mentioned it a few times on this show. Um, it's the DevRev. I haven't released in a few weeks just because I've been having some health problems. But I'm planning on getting back on that and getting that out. So I've answered a whole bunch of questions for people about how to go freelance or how to find a better job. Just just things like that. I've also called a few people out who have uh, given me excuses for this or that. It basically comes down to, you know, taking control of your own uh, career and your own destiny and um, making those kinds of decisions that are going to get you what you want. So, so go ahead and check out the devrev, The TheDevRev.com should redirect to the right place at this point. And uh, yeah, um, th- those are my picks. And yeah, once again, I just want to thank the panelists for being awesome and being around. It's good to catch up with Tim as well. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up, and we will catch everyone next week. Hi. Peace. Bye. Later's. Adios. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more.